Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The following program is presented by the Nerdy Show Podcast Network. Geeky programming for all nerds across the multiverse. All Nerdy Show programming is made possible by a comic shop. Orlando's number one comic shop and nerd destination, and with generous support of listeners like you. For more Nerdy Show podcasts, community forums, and to learn how you can support this and other fine Nerdy Show programming, visit nerdyshow.com. We're sorry, the number you have dialed is not in service at this time. Grab a slice of the epic pie cast, don't stick it in your mouth, put it in your ear holes now. Ladies and gentlemen, Nelson Lugo and Schaefer the Dark Lord. Gentlemen, coming to you from the beautiful and spacious Chaos House in Astoria, Queens, this is the Epic Piecast, Episode 17. I am your host, Nelson Lugo. And I am your other host, Schaefer the Dark Lord. Schaefer, I have to admit, there's something different about you. I sound way more awesome. Yeah, and you're yeah, you're you're easier on the eyes. Ooh. And you're more pleasant to be Wait a minute, you're not Schaefer the Dark Lord. What? Hi. <laughs> uh, uh, please introduce yourself to all 12 listeners. All 12 Oh, there's more? At least 12, yeah. Ooh. Uh, well, I'm one of them, so there's 11. <laughs> um, <laughs> Internets. I am Charles Stunning. Uh, I am half of Afterbirth Monkey, who is the uh, the the band, the show band of the, the podcast. What? No, you created uh, our intro for the yes, podcast. We yes, 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 we did. We did. So I introduced Shaper the Dark Lord, and I am also Shaper the Dark Lord. Today. <laughs> uh, you are filling in for Mister T Dark Lord. Um, Mister T Dark Lord is. Right. He's on tour. He's on the group therapy tour mm-hmm. as we speak, as this podcast is being recorded. Yep. Uh, I think he just finished San Diego. Is that right? Yes. He yes, just, yes. yeah. Yeah. Um, and so uh, you, you have been very gracious to accept uh, sitting in for Schaefer and co-hosting the podcast with me. Well, I get to hear the sound of my own voice in a couple weeks while I brush my <laughs> teeth. So what is bad about that? Uh, nothing. nothing. A whole nothing. lot of nothing. And let me just say, let me tell you, I am very, very happy that you are here. Oh. Because um, now I get to enjoy the podcast without the totalitarian regime that is Schaefer the Dark Lord. He's going to murder you. Let me tell you something. I, I got that, that whole ladies and gentlemen thing, I got that out in one take. If Schaefer were here, he would have made me do it six times. Oh. Should I go back and make? No, it? you're not making me do anything. The shackles are off. <laughs> anything, anything, and everything can happen. The cat's away. The mice will play. Yes, when Schaefer's away, Nelson gets to do whatever the fuck he wants. Oh God! What? what? Yeah. 
So this is going to be exactly like every other <laughs> podcast we've ever done. Okay. Um, you and I, we're going to sort of chat and talk about whatever nerdy, consumable things mm-hmm. that we have been enjoying mm-hmm. um, and maybe stuff that we've been hating. I don't know. And then we're going to have a guest a little bit later and we'll yeah. introduce him a little later. I'm so excited. I'm very, very excited oh for today's gosh. guest. Oh my gosh, I peed a little. Uh, and, and, then, and then we're going to plug uh, any sort of appearances that we have coming up, like any shows, Delightful. anything. Yeah, yeah, okay, exactly. So I'll have to go get my planner from uh, my room. <laughs> I will turn on my handy dandy pocket computer and yeah I don't do that I have this cute little notebooky thing that I, write. I dot all my eyes with hearts I don't really do that don't they're good no good, good, God, good. No. um so what's up what's up Chuck what you know you've been doing anything cool you've been reading anything uh watching anything uh uh listening to anything that you want to talk about yeah actually a lot of things oh okay um, I got a new job that consists of me putting people in in seats. Oh, at, all right. At a restaurant. Oh, and okay. All I do is read comic books now, so I am, <laughs> I am, I am terming myself first trade Chuck <laughs> because I have bought so many first trades of things in the past like two weeks. Right, and you you mean comic books? Yes. yes okay. Yeah, because right, I awesome. I can't do a whatever the individual i can't yeah i stopped go week yeah by i week. can't well I, I go i go week by week now because it's digital oh I, yeah you've had yeah i've stopped I've, yeah i've stopped collecting physical copies i just can't yeah. do it yeah, yeah i just i anything that's already in like a book, book sure. form sure, sure, i sure. will consume um i started so what are your what are your favorites right now chew <gasps> oh chew oh my god chew chew is it's so good so disgusting and charming it's all the things i like uh, yeah, and for those of you who've been listening to the podcast, we talk about Chew quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, so I don't think we need to get into it anymore, oh, but if you do, if you don't know Chew, C-H-E-W, go mm-hmm. out and get it. There's yeah. like, uh, f- I think they're up to their fifth or sixth volume at this point. Seven. I seven? Yeah, All right. seven. Okay. Yes, I'm going to borrow the rest of the trades from my lovely friends, because... <laughs> I, yeah, I can't break my stride of just having the first trades of, of everything. Absolutely. If I have the second trade off something, it's just gonna it's gonna ruin my cred. <laughs> I don't think that's a thing. Uh, but what else? What else are you talking? Uh, reading? Um, I'm also reading. Oh God, what else am I reading? I started reading uh, the new new Ghostbusters. I really love it. Yeah, you know what? Um, we were we were at a gig last night, and you were telling me about this, mm-hmm. and, I'll, and I told you then. I I was very very hesitant. Yeah. Because I'm a Ghostbusters fan, oh, me too. and I was like, very, very hesitant to pick up that that comic book mm-hmm. issue because I've been burned before by earlier wor- stuff. Yeah. And but you like it? Oh yeah, I feel like it just really captured the the quirky, campy joy of of Ghostbusters. Oh. You know, I read it and I hear Vinkman's voice, as, <laughs> and, and it just it makes everything better. This is why I'm such a slow reader because I'm like I'm gonna read myself a story in my brain. <laughs> um. So is it? Does it now? Which canon is it? Is it the movie? Is it the? Is it's it the cartoon? A, it's a blend of all of them. They sort of reference. Oh. Both. So okay. they're talking about uh, Stay Puft and the multiple encounters they've had with Stay Puft. Okay. Like they okay. start talking about that. There's also um, references to other nerd culture, like uh, Ray Dreams and uh, the other Blues Brother is in his dreams, <laughs> which is really great. I'm sorry that I ruined that because I was so surprised and excited, but I don't. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, All eleven of you are going to just be fine. You'll be okay. <laughs> um, but they they make other they made a they made a Doctor Who reference in one of the appendices, and I I I kind of started tearing up. <laughs> like, don't do this to me. I love Doctor Who. <laughs> I, I, you know what? I'm gonna pick it up. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Well, you yeah, just you just, I did. Me, I just 
You just hand me the first trade mm -hmm. because you're first trade Chuck. First trade Chuck. Uh, I'm gonna give it a read, um, and if I like it, I'm, I guess I'm just gonna start buying all the digital mm -hmm. uh, volumes. Yeah. Uh, that's very good. Thank you for introducing me to that. Cause, yeah, no Because I, I had seen it, and I was like, eh, I don't know. Yeah. Also, um, Janine looks kind of like my roommate, and <laughs> that kind of was like. Yeah, and, Jan and Janine and your roommate are both lovely, beautiful women. That's all I'm saying. Very true. Yes. Very yes, true. Aw, shout, uh, shout out to my roommate. What <laughs> up, Sherry? Uh, what else? What else? Anything else? I I started listening to a podcast called Welcome to Night Vale. <gasps> I love Welcome to Night Vale. Um, I don't think we've ever talked about it no, here. No, we haven't, because I first heard about it because I went to a burlesque show and someone did a Night Vale burlesque number, and I yeah. was like, I don't understand it. Uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, Welcome to Night Vale is a podcast. It's very short. It's like 20 minutes. Yeah. 20 if minutes piece, yeah. And basically, it's kind of like the the small town radio station. Mm -hmm, like the community giving, radio. Right. The community radio giving you uh, almost like a bulletin board facts of, of the town. Like, you know, mm -hmm. there's a town meeting, or there's a bake sale, or... or the mayor made an announcement. Right, may, or, or there's going to be a school closing mm -hmm. because of weather. But it's peppered with the most weirdest... Absurd. Absurd. Like, it's, it's, it's yeah. a combination of Twin Peaks, X-Files, mm -hmm. Lost, yeah. um, and Lovecraft. Oh, yes. All kind of bound together in this one radio announcer. Mm -hmm. Like, the one topic is, you know, hey, you know, there's a sale down at the general store. Come on down for 25% off. And then he'll mention something about, you know, the demon Boy Scouts are yeah. having a bake sale. It's the it's most so ridiculously awesome so thing I'm, ever. I'm working so hard on my impression of that guy. I'm like, do not go near the dog park. <laughs> the dog park does not exist. Uh have you have you have you uh, uh, do you follow their Twitter feed? I do. It's I, I also get fucking hilarious. From them. That's how bad it is. I'm uh, oh my, hilarious! It's it, don't and forget it, to give blood today. It doesn't matter whose. Just give. I what I love about it is that they're each self-contained, mm -hmm. right? And they're very. You you don't have to listen to all of them to no, get the absurdity of you it. You don't. But if you do listen to all of them, okay. there actually is a narrative. There's a there's an overarching storyline. Yeah, because it all sort of the the catalyst for the beginning is a stranger coming into town named Carlos, and I yes. feel like he's sort of the the crucible factor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's new. He's yeah, new, yeah. and he's exploring, and he's referenced every once in a while. Yeah, and things get hairy. Yeah. I said Harry and I talked about Carlos. <laughs> <laughs> Night Vale is good. Get that joke. Yes. Uh so if you if you're not listening to Welcome to Night Vale, go out, get the pot again, they're very short. They're you very can, short and you can breeze through them in like a day. Seven yeah, exactly. They come out bi monthly. Um yeah. The first and the fifteenth of every month. Uh, I there's also a Twitter feed um, mm -hmm. which is just as ridiculous. Yeah. And there's also I think there's a Tumblr. If there isn't a specific Tumblr for Night Vale, there are yeah. so many fans of Night Vale where they've kind of created their own. Yeah. And I mean, it's just wonderful. It's so uh, delightful and demented. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny and creepy mm -hmm. and absurd yeah. and and just really good writing. Just excellent writing and excellent delivery. I don't know who the guy is who who does the uh, Joseph Fink. He's wonderful. He's fantastic. His his deadpan delivery on this oh, stuff. Oh, are you talking is, about the narrator? The narrator. Yes. Oh, Cecil Baldwin. Yes, his deadpan delivery. Really high. 
That's all right. That's you're allowed. Uh, what makes it listen? What what makes it such a listening pleasure is just the very matter of fact way he delivers all that information. Yeah, with almost no no, no internal commentary. Yeah, no judgment on his part. I love it. It's just news. To I want to be his friend. <laughs> awesome. I used to want Morgan Freeman to narrate my entire life, but now I want Cecil Baldwin to narrate my whole life. You hear that? Cecil Baldwin narrate my whole life. What? What? We're calling you out, Baldwin. Yeah. <laughs> what else? What else you got? Oh, um. Oh, yo! You wanted to talk about that YouTube thing. Oh, oh. Yes. So there <laughs> is a YouTube cartoon. Yeah. It is my new god. Oh There's dear. There's only one of it. Okay. It's ten minutes long, and it's on Cartoon Hangover. It's called Bee and Puppy Cat. Bee and Puppy Cat. Bee and Puppy Cat. Okay. And, I still haven't watched it, so for and it's uh, Natasha Algeri, the the same woman who animates Adventure Time. So it's got mm-hmm. that very Adventure Time look, the very like rounded edges. Sure, and, sure. Like very much, very much so, and it is my jam. This main <laughs> character B, the very first thing that happens is she gets fired from her job, which. I can relate to, because I, <laughs> I typically get fired from most of my jobs. It's only 10 minutes long, but she started this Kickstarter campaign uh-huh. after it started, and they're going to make, like, six more episodes. Oh, wonderful. Too. Okay. So I'm really, really excited. So what? So what's it about? What's it is about a young woman named Bee, who is fired from her job, and then from the sky falls this creature that looks like a puppy and looks like a cat. And she's like, oh, it's a cat? Or is it a dog? And it's... It's so ludicrous. Like, she comes home, she's like, I bought you presents. I bought you a bone, and I wrapped a mouse around it. And she's like, really out there. Really out there. So this is really a cartoon about a sad lady who basically pours all of her emotions into an animal. And then suddenly gets a job temping in space with the puppy cat. In outer space? In outer space. They go to, in the first episode, they go to a place called Fishbowl Space. (laughs) And they babysit a fish named Wallace. Aww. Uh, and this is on YouTube. And it's on YouTube. If you go to YouTube, uh, you can okay. type in Bee and Puppy Cat, and it's like the only thing that's there. All right. I will now. check it out. I will check it out. You should. Uh, is the Kickstarter still going? I know? have no idea. I know they met their goal and then some to oh, okay. make more episodes. Okay. So. All right. All I care about is that there's going to be more Bee and Puppy Cat, and my cosplay that I'm working on is is going to be valid. <laughs> so I'll be like, look, there's like six episodes of this. Right. You know, that's only like half of Firefly. So True. Oh. True. Firefly. A moment of silence for Firefly. Pouring one out for Firefly. Um, awesome. How about you? Anything anything new on the Um a whole lot of of uh like the usual stuff I've been consuming and enjoying is is still par for the course. Like I'm oh, still so reading all the same stuff. Mm. I'm I'm very very happy that the holidays are over yeah. because all of my favorite TV shows are back. Oh yeah. Um, like Brooklyn Nine Nine is I back. I watched some of that. Brooklyn Nine Nine is one of the funniest television shows Have right now. Have you been watching a Community? I you know what I watched the first two episodes and I wasn't. Some of the magic is gone for me. Oh, it's, of the fifth season. Yeah. I. I'm just so happy that Dan Harmon's back <laughs> that I just like like I missed you, man. I'm glad I'm glad they have another season mm-hmm. because it's such an underdog yeah. kind of show. Yeah. However, there's just something in the new season. I don't know. It just seems like it just, it just seems like they all 
understand that they've kind of overstayed their welcome by yeah. a season. And they understand that this is also their final season. And so it feels to me like they've got a little bit of senioritis. You know, like they're just kind of showing up, kind of phoning it in. I don't know. Again, this might be me being very like this critical. Is, this is the season for the, the. I hate saying background players, but yeah. like the secondary characters. I feel like magnitude yeah. in that show is just like, <laughs> he's nailing it. Yeah. Like, yeah. I feel like pop, that pop. is... <laughs> pop, pop, freaks out. So good. Um, but Brooklyn Nine-Nine, I, I watched a little bit of that, and then I stopped watching I... TV because I... I have a life outside of Fair enough. I Hulu everything. I either Hulu or Netflix everything. I do too. I just, I haven't. Um, Brooklyn Nine-Nine is by far one of the funniest television shows right now. Like, hands down. Mm -hmm. Laugh out loud. Uh, And it's a cop show. And sometimes they open with a murder and it's still fucking hilarious. It's got that kind of, uh, that Scrubs quality, that like, delightful... Yeah, yeah. Like, it it doesn't, it it isn't, it isn't mired in any kind of like... uh, dire realism it's always yeah. over the top it's always mm-hmm. silly you know and all and all of the characters are caricatures but they're very fleshed out characters yeah. if that and, makes sense and i always appreciate comedians who can play a very large character but don't comment on it right like oh i'm really goofy <laughs> i think sandberg's just like i'm an idiot and he just does it yeah, okay. yeah, like, but he's like the idiot who always succeeds. Yeah, so it's he's like a lucky idiot. Well, no, he's actually his character is actually very smart and very good at his job. Mm-hmm. He's a very, very good detective, but he's kind of like he's kind of like what would happen if Ferris Bueller grew up to be a detective? I like he gets away with murder, and because he's just so he's only concerned with himself and he's only concerned, but at the same time he's still damn good at his job. Yeah. and it's just it's really funny. I, I'm liking it a lot. Um, uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is back. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I gotta catch up on I, show. you know, there's so many people hate this show. Gosh. I don't understand why. I sure. love this show so much. No, I need to catch up on it. I it's so good. It. Um, what else? Uh, Almost Human is that buddy cop show with the human and the robot. Uh, and it's so good. It's so explain good. it to me? I, it's a buddy cop show. Okay. With a human. And a robot. robot. That's all you need to know. <laughs> That's and it's, it. And it's set in the future. It's set in the in the near future. Sold. Yeah, it's Sold. really it's really Done. it's really really good. Uh, but yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. all that. I mean, I haven't really done. Um, I saw the Hobbit. Did you? Um, the sequel. Uh, uh the, the Desolation the of Smog. Smog. Um, I have never said this about a Lord of the Rings film or a Peter Jackson film in regards to Lord of the Rings, mm-hmm. but this one was too long. This one was way too long. Uh, yeah. I'm usually the person who's like, yes, give me more. Give me more to Lord of the Rings. Yes. Mm-hmm. Four hour, eight hour film. Yes, I'll yeah. watch it. Well, with the Lord of the Rings, I mean, the theatrical release was just wonderful. And yeah. You've got like this extended cut. Oh. I have only the extended cut. Yeah. That's uh, the only thing I watch. Like, yeah. And, yeah. I'm just, well, no. Why would I? Yeah. I am not on a, I'm not on a diet. <laughs> exactly. Give me, give me the give full me all portion. Of it. Give me all of it. Until I'm sick. Um, Desolation of Smog. Mm-hmm. Do they? It was too they, long. They use it a felt, lot of the uh, the canon from other books. Like, well, they're uh, they're they're, they're uh, he's just blatantly adding characters that never existed or are only mentioned in one line in appendices somewhere. It feels padded. I I wish it feels really padded. I wish I could be Zorak in that moment because I just looked at you with blink blink. <laughs> I wanted there to be bongos. <laughs> they just went blink blink. 
Well, here's the, I love the 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 first Hobbit film. Um, the 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 yeah the um something uh, the internet's yelling at me right now. The unexpected journey. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I was like yes. something with the don't. Um, I loved it. Journey. I loved every second of it. I felt. Again, it felt padded, but it, but to me, I loved the padding that they put. Yeah, there. it was loved so, it. I yeah. loved it. Loved it. I, I loved the scene with uh with Galadriel yeah. and Gandalf. Yeah, and, absolutely, and like, and, and, and Radagast, and yeah. you know, um, you you know who he is. Right? Oh yeah, he's he was a Doctor he Who. He was a Doctor. Um, but this Desolation of Smog feels padded. It really? feels gratuitously padded. Mm-hmm. It was like a three-hour film that probably could have been two hours. Mm-hmm. It was an hour too long. And I've never said that about a Peter Jackson Lord of the Rings film ever. Yeah. So I'm a little concerned going into this third one about, like, how much more. Because, I mean, they, you know, there's now a love thing between the dwarf and the elf. And, there's a, what? Yeah. And, and rather than Toriel, the, the, the elf. And, again I, again, I don't know enough about Lord of the Rings to know if she's a completely new character or if she was just like an ancillary yeah, appendice. But know. I know she I, I, I know but but like now there's like a love thing between her and and Keely the the dwarf and it it, it diminishes her badassness because yeah, now, now she's like oh, Right, because like now what, she's not, because what woman can exist to be a badass without falling in love? Exactly, with exactly. And she's like, she's not, she's not racing fish. off to save them because it's the right thing to do. She's racing off to save them because she's in love with the dwarf. And it's like, okay, I guess. Um, I liked it better when she was just a badass, you know. But other than that, um, you know, reading a whole lot of comic books. You know, I'm I started reading Rat Queens, Ooh. which if you haven't started reading Rat. Uh, Rat Queens listeners, go out and buy Rat Queens. Rat it is Queens. the most hilariously badass yeah. comic book I have read in a long time. Yeah. It is, I, the, uh, the fourth issue just came out, which means they're probably going to have a trade in like another two issues. That means I can start reading right. it for and, straight chuck. <laughs> <laughs> and it is, it is uh, basically, it's a D&D world. It's a Dungeons and Dragons world. Yeah. But with very modern sensibilities and languages and and dialogue and um, he uh, 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 these women are badass, yeah. you know, and they don't and it's and it's so wonderful because they're badasses just to be fucking badasses. Yeah. There's no love interest. There's no men involved. There's there's none of that bullshit. Mm-hmm. It's just you know there's a wizard. There's a there's a dwarf warrior. There's a, a smidgen you know, thief, there's a badass, like, voodoo priestess, you know, and and they are an adventuring group, and they just go out, and they just, like, wholesale slaughter of <laughs> everything and anyone that gets in their way. I love that. And it's fucking hilarious. Yeah. Uh, highly recommended. Cool. Yeah. I, when it's in trade, I will... I would imagine pretty soon. I would imagine yeah. pretty soon. Because they just they just dropped fourth issue, so I would say within the next six months, you'll have uh, first volume trade. Um... But yeah, yeah. Um, um, I'm playing the shit out of uh, XCOM Enemy uh, 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 Enemy Unknown. Okay. And I've never been one to play a turn-based tactical strategy game before. Okay. Is what this is like? You you move, um, you you command up to like six soldiers, 
and then you move them around the battlefield and then you give them commands and they all do that stuff, right? Mm -hmm. And then and then you stop and then the enemy moves and does things. Oh, nice. So it's a turn-by-turn -turn thing. And I, I've never liked those games, but for some reason I am so sucked into this world mm -hmm. and the tacticalness and the... Um, you know, the planning ahead, I'm really, really enjoying it. Yeah. yeah. The, uh, the small child that I watch uh, on occasion uh, is really in love with the Nintendo games, uh -huh. and he, for Christmas, got Kirby's Return to Dreamland. Oh! So I've been playing that with a five-year-old. Nice! And it's, it's actually really great. I yeah. really like it. I always want to play as Meta Knight, though. Well, sure. Because, come on. Why wouldn't you? Because Meta Knight. Exactly. Done. Um, and so that's really fun. I don't play it a lot because just, yeah, he gets very stressed really easily about <laughs> it. Cause I mean, it's a game that's for 10 and up. Right. And he's, and he's what? Uh, six? He's six five. Nine? Oh, he's, he's five. five. And, uh, so he just, he'll get so like tense about it. I'm like, well, okay, we got to take a break. So we, we've barely made it to like third stage i think oh, also adorable. other people play it with him when i'm not here so i'm like what <laughs> hey man so i'm just gonna have to open a save file all on my own and just play through it That's but fine. it's really cute it's uh, really cute I, yeah. I recommend it for 10 and up don't let your five-year-old play it because they'll they'll cry <laughs> they'll cry really bad um, and then uh i discovered this iphone game oh it oh. is called Space Team. <gasps> Wait, hold on. Explain explain this, because I think I know you, what this is. You have to have other people physically in the room with you for a... Oh, for it to play. yes, yes. And you have all these buttons and controls, and then everybody just yells at each other. Yes! <laughs> and you have to do what... Wait, you're playing that? Yeah, we're playing that so hard at the Chaos House. Dude, I will I will download it, and then, and then we can play over Wi-Fi. Oh Gonna be so I wanna, I wanna in that. Oh I, I've always wanted to play it, but I, I couldn't find anybody to play it with me. Yeah. So, you doing anything else? Um, probably, but it's all the same stuff. Yeah. Like, I, I, I watch what I watch. I read yeah. what I read. Um, I haven't gotten anything new. Yeah. Um, except. Oh. Yeah, I do want to take a moment and tell all of the internets that yeah. when Bugo came to the Chaos House today, he brought me Lock and Key, so I'm gonna start reading that. Oh, Lock and Key! And I will probably I'll probably write my tiny little book review on it because I read I I, reviews about comics. You should you oh you should totally you should put those up. I'm I'm not kidding. Your 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 little notes that you write to yourself. You should just put them up. They're so embarrassing. It doesn't like, matter. I explain the plot really quick in a yeah. paragraph, and then I write what I think about it in a really quick picture. Dude, you should just get like a Tumblr, a free little Tumblr account. And I understand Tumblr. I will I will teach you the Tumblr. I'm not an expert, but I will teach, teach you. Teach me Tumblr. to tumble, Lugo. Um I read the final issue of Lock and Key yeah. on the on the train ride over here this oh. morning. I cried my fucking eyes out. Well you looked like you weren't crying when you showed up so uh well you, you know I composed I composed myself. Nice. You got um, it was it was the most heartbreaking mm -hmm. beautiful issue uh i've read in a long time nice um and it's the final issues i don't think there's any to be good i mean they've wrapped up the so story it's like done. they're they're done cool. uh and i'm so impatient it's, i don't wait well for things it's so good Yay. so good it, and it wraps up everything really wonderfully it's bittersweet it's it's tragic it's beautiful it's everything that that i wanted from a lock and key story Yay. um and uh yeah and i i think other than that, that's about it. Nice. You know, um, 
nothing new to report on the whole magic uh, gathering the magic gathering the, yeah. uh, uh, stuff. I'm still I'm still in a holding pattern for mm-hmm. for venues and things like that. Um, but uh, I've got some appearances which we'll talk about later. Yeah, After Birth Monkey has some appearances yeah, we'll talk we're, about later. We're working on a, a staged version of our music as well. It's very much in its infancy, but oh, okay. We'll talk, yeah, we'll talk about that a little bit after. Um, oh, yeah. And other than that, I just want to say yes. how pleasant Aww. this is. Really? Yeah. I mean, Schaefer is so. How do I put this tactfully? He's an asshole. Oh my god! Um, no, he's not an asshole. He's a great. I love him to death. He's like a brother of mine. But but he he has such a chokehold on this podcast oh, that god. if it isn't done in a certain way, worded exactly the same way every single time, he has a little a little conniption fit, and uh, he's. <laughs> Like right now, this is easy. It's it's you know it's very conversational. You know, like I'm not worrying about segments or trying to get the exact right. So uh, I just want to say, all hail Chuck Stunning. <gasps> oh, thank you. Thank you. And uh, Schaefer the Dark Lord can go uh, bite my ass. Oh God. Yeah. Do you think he'll actually listen to this one? He doesn't listen to this. Are nah, you kidding? I think, I think I'm going to send it to him and he's going to send it on and he'll never hear it. No, he'll never He'll never listen to this. He'll never listen to this. It'll ever. probably make him crazy, too, because I'm, I'm going to go, oh, that's good enough. He, right? he doesn't, first of all, he doesn't even listen to the podcast. Well, no, that's not true. He listens to it probably more than any human being on the planet because yeah, he has to edit it, it and engineer it together. Um, but I guarantee you, if he doesn't actually have to do any work on it, he won't be listening to this. I was kind of nervous because he's so very particular. Yes, he about is. Things. He's like, very, very I, particular about sometimes things. Sometimes I'll ask him to like grab a beer or something, and he'll be like, "No, I'm working on the podcast." And I'm like, "You, babe." Yeah. Dude. Yeah. Honey, well, I mean, look. I mean, the the reason why our podcast sounds the way it does, as professional as it does, mm-hmm. is because of all the all the really hard work that he puts into it. Like, there's yeah. a two there's a two microphone setup. Yeah. He's got really complicated. Uh, Pro Tools things going yeah. on. I and know, I've been on the podcast. Yeah, well, the listeners don't know this. Oh, you yeah, know. It's, it's really high tech. It's yeah. Like walking into it's, a prof- well, I mean, he records all his albums out abs- of his Yeah, exactly. So, exactly. Course, and so he edits out. Incredible. He makes me sound a whole lot better than I actually am. Yeah. Because all of the ums, uh, bleh, bleh, he edits out. Yeah. We probably <laughs> won't. I will No! Play. Nor should you! Because only a crazy person would do that. <laughs> Hence, Schaefer the Dark Lord. Schaefer the Dark Lord. He's a crazy person. He is, yes. <laughs> uh, so Schaefer, if you're listening to this, I hope your your tour is going well. I hope you're you're no. singing all the raps and and selling all the T-shirts. He, he tweeted about rehearsing uh, Mark and Eugene and now hiring in the van. All oh, the way to San Diego. nice. And I almost peed. I was picking up the five-year-old and I pulled my phone out because I was like, oh, it buzzed at me. And I was like, why are all the best rappers in the world in one place? And so I tweeted about it. He was like, well, Charles, Dr. Awkward isn't actually in the van. He's over the phone. But this van's still a-rockin'. I went, I'll take it. Yeah. Y'all are working together. Yeah. Uh, yeah, now... I'm a burgeoning nerdcore lover slash nerd rap writer. Yeah, myself. absolutely. I'm kind of working on that. Absolutely. There might be a couple projects that the um, I'm, be excited about. I'm excited about it. 
Uh, I, and I'm also excited about Doc Awkward's and Shared Doc Lord's song now hiring. Oh my gosh, it's, it's so I good. love it so much. I yeah. it's on a playlist and I always listen to nerdcore rap on my way to work on my, the train. <laughs> and I'll be my, my be my, like bouncing my head like I'm some kind of badass and <laughs> definitely not and like uh, oh. Yeah, I'm listening to um, Adam Warrocks and Schaefer's... Uh, Mark and Eugene. Mark and Eugene. <gasps> and it it's so... It's my heart. It's so adorable. It's, They're like, yeah, we're badasses. Oh, we're so tough and hard. Those, it's those awesome. Those fast triplets that oh, Schaefer yeah. does. Oh, yeah. I know they're coming every time because I've listened to it <laughs> yeah. so much. And I'll still just go... <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, how did this how did this Schaefer bitch session turn into a Schaefer love session? Oh, because I'm here. And oh. Schaefer's crazy. He hates mice. His apartment's really clean. Okay, now I hate you. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we're gonna take a quick break at this point, uh, and we are gonna come back with our guest for this podcast. We love him. We hope you will love him too. In the meantime, enjoy this. When I'm lying in bed at night, I don't want to grow up. Nothing ever seems to turn out right, but I don't want to grow up. How do you move in a world of fog that's always changing things? Makes me wish that I could be a dog. One, two, three, four. When I see the price you pay, I don't want to grow up. I don't ever want to be that way. I don't want to grow up. Seems like folks turn into things that they never want. The only thing to live for is today. I'm going to put a hole in my TV set. I don't want to grow up. Open up the medicine chest. I don't want to grow up. I don't want to have to shout it out. I don't want Rory's hair to fall out. I don't want to be filled with doubt. I don't want to be a good boy scout. I don't want to have to learn to count. I don't want the biggest amount. I don't want to grow up. When I see my parents fight, I don't want to grow up. They go out drinking all night, but I don't want to grow up. I'd rather stay here in my room. Nothing out there but sad and gloom. I don't want to live in a big old tomb on Grand Street. Two, three, four. When I see the five o'clock news, I don't want to grow up. Cold my hair and shine their shoes. I don't want to grow up. Stay Uh, from the break. 
Um, we, I know, that was fun. Uh, with us here in the beautiful and spacious Studio Chaos House, uh, we have our guest for today. He is a storyteller, and not in the way you think. He is a multiple uh, moth slam winner. He is a moth grand slam champion. Uh, he is also a TED Talk presenter. Mm -hmm. um, he uh, teaches and tours the world doing what he does. And he's one of my favorite humans on the entire planet. Take a number. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Peter Agrero. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, podcast. Uh, hello, Peter. How you doing, Lugo? I'm all right. How are you? I'm all right. <laughs> I know you woke up like, what, an hour ago? Uh, about that. Yeah. <laughs> Yay! So, um, for those, for those, like, I know what the moth is. I'm passionate about mm -hmm. the moth, and I'm sort of starting my uh, sort of burgeoning toe steps into that, into yeah. that whole uh, art form. Yeah. Um, but you've been in it for quite some time, and so for the people who don't know what that is, please yeah. explain what the moth is and what storytelling is. Yes. Uh, the moth is a is a nonprofit is a nonprofit based in New York. Uh, it's been around for about 15 years. It was started by a guy named George Dolls Green, who's an author um, from Georgia. We lived in Georgia for a long time. Um, so it's it's basically, they believe that everyone has a story to tell. And so to that end, what they do is there's there's essentially three arms of the moth. There's uh, the curated main stage shows where they get uh, people, you know, it might be one or two celebrities, and then regular people also just telling stories about their life. You know, and, right. but it could be, you know, they also, you know, astronauts, uh, you know, CPAs, uh, race car drivers, you know, and then, you know, actors and musicians. I, you know, there'll be like authors, just essentially people telling a story, just like a, with the main stage shows, they're like 10 to 12 minute stories just on a theme, uh, you know, just about an incident in your life. Not your whole right. life story, just about right. a moment, a choice, a decision. Sure. Yeah. Um, for example, I did a show once, I hosted a main stage show, and there was a guy named Hector Black, and he was, I believe, like, 92 years old, lived down south, he was <laughs> wow. one of the, one of these, these guys that was, uh, one of the, he was a farmer, but he was also, like, a civil rights, uh, you know, protester in the 60s, he got arrested a bunch of times, his story was about, uh, his, his daughter was murdered, and it was about the relationship that he, uh, kind of, developed with the, his daughter's murderer he ended up wait not, i've heard this on a podcast it was, uh, i don't know if it's been out yet but or maybe really recently i think it yeah, might have been yeah and hector was he's amazing and he's yeah. just a regular just a regular guy yeah you know? and and it's so they have those and those are you know those are great that we do these main stage shows all over the country um you know i and i've started hosting those too which is really fun mm -hmm. yeah. um then there's um there's one in Iowa, Iowa City next month. We'll talk about that later. But then they also have uh, the Moth Shop Community Education Program, which is what I teach for. Right. And we go in the five boroughs to uh, underserved communities. Like We'll do stuff in high schools and stuff, but uh, senior centers and drug rehab uh, units and, uh, I don't know, age groups, homeless groups, and mm -hmm. like, teach people how to tell stories that way. And then that, you know, those, a lot of those stories end up 
getting on the podcast or on the radio or on a main stage show. So it's like collecting stories that never would have been right. heard before, particularly in New York. Um, like for, uh, for example, that there's a great one that we found. This guy had a story about his birthday when he was a kid, and it was he was living up in Harlem. And it was really a great story about what Harlem was like for a kid in, in the early 80s. And, wow. and so his long story short... He ended up hanging out with his brother. His brother asked him to hang out with him, and he never. That was like he couldn't believe it. Like so, he did that <laughs> instead of what he and his buddies used to always do. Is they would take the subway to Times Square and when use screwdrivers to break into the arcade machines and steal money. So <laughs> that's. I mean, like again, it's a great picture in New York. Yeah, yeah. Exist. yeah. But what happened? The next morning, he wakes up and now he has to go get the milk in the newspaper. His three buddies are on the cover of the newspaper. Because they're the guys that uh, tried to mug Bernie Getz <gasps> and they got shot. Oh. And like, so we got a story that would have been lost from the guy who wasn't with. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. So it's, it's really powerful. Like, you get these yeah. amazing stories. And, and just Wikipedia Bernie Getz sometimes, Bernie Chuck. Getz. Bernie oh. Getz. <laughs> Specifically, me. <laughs> right. Google, Google that. Google Bernie Getz. Yeah. Young Padawan <laughs> of storytelling. But then the, the other arm is the uh, Moth Slam program. We do these all over the country, I believe in like 18 different cities. Uh, might even be more now. Yeah. Um, so they, you have a theme. People come. They put their name in a hat. They pick 10 names from the hat. And there's uh, you tell a five-minute story on that theme. And then it's judged. And then somebody wins. And then they get 10 winners and do a thing called a Grand Slam. Uh, and then somebody wins. And what do you win? Nothing. But it doesn't, it doesn't really... <laughs> you, you, win, you win kudos. You win the, uh, the accolades. You, accolades. You, you need to be like, you, I wanna... Right. I mean, look, I mean, don't... I mean, I, I, you're, you're way too humble for your own good, sir. But, I mean, the grand... You know, the, the moth has grown into to be a quite prestigious thing yeah. in, in both uh, the artistic and literary... Um, Definitely. ...fields. I mean, and and, and it's, it's recognized as being... Something of a of a big deal, you know. If if you can tell a story that get, makes it to a grand slam, then you you get noticed. No, it's definitely true. Yeah, true. I mean, and it goes in cycles with the moth. I mean, you the the cool thing is, I know that if I'm gonna go, like I host the one uh, on the first Monday of the month at the Bell House, and uh, I know that every month I'm gonna go and it's gonna I'm gonna do a sold out show for 300 people so. in Brooklyn. Yeah, like which you can't get that anywhere else, no. and it's the best audience in the world. Like. They will, if they don't like your story, they'll just put their eyes down. They, yeah. they just, <laughs> they'll tune out. They'll tune out, yeah. But there's, you know, people are really, they're there to hear good stories. It's yeah. very different. I, you know, I've done improv and stand-up and stage acting and camera acting and a million different things. And the audience for The Moth, they, they want you to succeed. Yeah. And that's uh, like a lot of audiences yeah. are there to see you mess up, and that's yeah. cool too because that's live theater. That's that's but, half my life. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll stop messing up. So, <laughs> but like these these people are there because they want to hear a good story. And yeah, like, there's nothing like it. It's 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 really somebody starts telling a story. You have these ten people, and they're just some are writers, some are performers, some are just some guy with a story, and like he'll get up there and tell a story, and it's just it's transcendent yeah you know? and and it's really beautiful you have the person telling the story on stage and then the, the people in the audience remembering stories from their life yeah and it's this non-verbal uh energy exchange that's mm -hmm. just really rare and you don't yeah. get it anywhere so 
The stories are to, I mean, to kind of succinctly, if the too long didn't read answer, is <laughs> the moth is, is just people telling true first person narrative stories from their life. And uh, what, it, what it does is it takes your specific experience and it makes it universal. Right. Uh, it's, you tell your story about the time you were scared or the mm-hmm. time you were mad mm-hmm. uh, or the time you were joyful. And people were, will be able to relate to those feelings. And it shows that you're not alone, and it shows that they're not alone. Yeah, and it's it's really beautiful. Absolutely, uh, uh, I I know for myself um, doing it, just 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 in the, in the handful of times that I've been there, yeah. you know, and the handful of times I've gotten to go up, it's yeah. it's really it's 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 a it's a, a stage experience. It's an artistic experience that I've never had before. It's for real, so you know. Lovely. And I've been performing for the better part of like 15 years, yeah. and. There's nothing. Words cannot describe it. Yeah. It is better than and well, better is probably not the right word, but it's different. Different yeah. in a way that I've never experienced. It's completely before. unique. It's a singular yeah. experience because there's no other audience like that. I, I did I did a moth show in was in Ann Arbor, Michigan, at the Michigan State Theater. Yeah, and it was like 2,500 people. Wow! In the summer, in this big, beautiful stage, and and it was hot in there, and I'm it's just me. Yeah, on stage with a microphone. <laughs> And like there was, you could hear a pin drop. Wow. Like everyone is is right there listening, right with you. And then yeah. like something happens. There's like a tension release, and they laugh, and it's just like it's like a rolling wave coming at you. And yeah. like it, it's it's like a hug. Like the yeah. audience yeah. there is like yeah. a hug at the moth, and it's it's really amazing. Uh, I I I've, I've actually done it enough times around where people like repeat people who go to the moth like recognize me now, and it's weird. Because I'm being recognized for something that I don't associate being good at yet. Yeah. And it's like, oh, right, you told that you told that story about your grandmother one time. And I'm like, oh yeah, that was me. Thank but you. That shows how much it's not. It's not about good or bad. It's about telling the truth. Yeah. So, like you, I figure with stories, I think of this with a lot of different art forms, with stories specifically. Like as long as you tell the truth and you get it out there, what you think about it is n- is is not right. important. Right. right? Mm-hmm. So so as long as it, it affected somebody. Absolutely. It's Whatever. Yeah. One person. Yeah. Something. And, yeah. That, and that's enough. You know, yeah. and like the beautiful thing about these audiences is though. Hiring for your small business. If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals. You can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. They'll tell you that, you know? Yeah. They'll, they'll, they'll seek you out and say, you know what? This happened to me, too. And yeah. It's really nice. Yeah. It's unlike anything else. Uh, and so you have parlayed your uh, success with the moth into what is essentially a career for you now. A, a lot of yeah. You know, uh, you've, you've, got, you've got a couple of um, 
uh, stage shows as a result of, yeah. of all this time. You've traveled the world yeah. doing mm-hmm. storytelling. You've uh, uh, done some pretty significant stuff. Um, I know um, you went to the UK with a with a a, a, a spirits brand. Was it yeah. Jack Daniels? No, it was uh, it was uh, one of the labels from Glenn Fiddick. Uh, it was Grant's Grant's blended. It's their blended Scotch label. Sure, and they had a. They had a uh, campaign called True Tales for a while, and that was from the moth. Like the the reps from the marketing company saw me do my first main stage show at the Metropolitan Museum of Art. Yeah, and it, man, this is where it's luck. I, yeah. I was. They had just gotten off the plane, came right to the show. I went first in the show. They fell asleep after my story. <laughs> so. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So they happened to see me, and then I got a Facebook message from this woman, Dawn, and she was like, Peter, we saw you at the show, I work for, I'm working for a whiskey company in the UK, and we want you to come tell stories, and I thought it was a practical joke, because I love telling stories, I love whiskey, and and like, those are my, like, two of my favorite things. If she was also like, there'll be butts there, I would have been I would have, you know, this isn't real, I would have... You know, scratch with some Sixth Sense stuff. So, uh, yeah, and then so I ended up going to London that one trip. And then when I was there, they needed, they were having their big sales, their global sales meeting. And they needed 15 minutes at the top to explain what this yeah. idea was. So I just kind of like, I, they were like, Peter, we'll give you 15 minutes to do whatever you want. Wow. So I just went up and I did it. Like I talked about storytelling and I did this parlor trick where like I got this woman in the audience and started one of their sales reps and got her to tell me about where she was from and the the day she left. She ended up telling a story without realizing she was going yeah. to tell a story. Yeah. And then everybody in the room was like, okay, then we can do this. So like, <laughs> so I ended up, it was great, man. Like I awesome. went yeah. to the UK a bunch. I went to, I was in, uh, you know, in, um, I got to go to Monte Carlo. Wow. That was bonkers. And yeah. then we did like three weeks at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival wow. in 2012. And we got the, I got to bring like some of the storytellers from New York. Yeah, I remember. I remember. Brad Lawrence and Andy and, Christie and Ophir Eisenberg. And yeah. Martin Dockery was there. And like, so we were all, we all got to kind of have this, this like kind of corporate sponsor storytelling vacation. Nice. It was nice. Really cool. Nice. I mean, it's been, it's been good, man. Like, you know, there's, it's, it's, yeah. I mean, there's, it's what I do, you know. Uh, and uh, as a result, you now have uh, two shows. You have a, a sort of anthology show called Bear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you have your own personal one man show yeah. called Daddy Issues. Yeah. Um, which, um, do you want to, let's, let's talk about those two. Uh, yeah. Because, you know, uh, and yeah. I, and I know a lot of our listeners are not in New York, but I know you have dreams and aspirations for these things, um, beyond New York. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I've toured you know. a bunch and I, and I, I was specifically like down South and we'll talk about that later. Yeah. But like yeah. there was, uh, I, I, yeah, I want to be able to, I wanted to have a nice, simple show that, well, I mean, I started the first storytelling show that I produced was a thing called the BTK Band. Yeah. And that it was just an, that's an unwieldy, that was, oh, that was BTK. just, it was. The, but, I guess the, the, the best way, someone asked me what the BTK Band was yeah. at one point, and it's basically it's... A, a loud, raucous, chaotic, joyful party. Beautiful. Of booze, good stories, pretty ladies, yeah. and and and, just, and, 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 a, and a and a crazy yeah. monkey. 
Yeah. That's basically, and and uh, uh, for those of you who don't know, who have never had the pleasure, the BTK band is an all rock and roll improv band. And they have invited storytellers, um, some very, very experienced, some who've never told a story before. Yeah. And um, the the storyteller, and they're called singers, and your next singer. that you okay. always I would call them a guest singer. Yeah. yeah. Guest singer. Because for that, for that, you know, eight minutes when they're on stage, they're the lead singer of the band. Yes. Like, yeah. they're the one telling a story and then the band improvises music behind them mm-hmm. kind of like a score sure yeah. sure, sure. and then we break in and like improvise choruses about their story yeah, yeah. so we it did was it was amazing very, yeah i i got to do one at the the yeah. btk like one of the final shows at mm-hmm. open mic and i just put my name in and yeah and you just like you sort of have to like pay attention and peter's like okay sing something now. <laughs> a, yeah it's a lot going on yeah. but i like i was really intrigued by the the use of like rhythm and music with stories and how they would, how the rhythm of the music would affect the story and how the story yeah. and the rhythm of the story would affect the music. And then we did that for like six years. And then, you know, then we, we tragically broke up in December. But, the, you know, don't worry, everybody. There's no such thing as... Everybody as, will be fine. Yeah. Sorry your band died. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, I'm honored that I got to uh, be a part of that twice. It was... And, it was and, uh, you were both great. It was... Yeah. Uh, it, it's an experience that I will never forget and probably will never have again, so uh, which is unfortunate. Um, like, while I was working on that, I also... You know, I've been working in burlesque for, at this point, probably four or five years now. And, yeah, at least that much. Yeah. yeah. And uh, one thing I noticed... so. And about four years ago, I was asked to do a, a friend show called Told. This guy, Seth Lindy, is a producer yeah. for This American Life. He had a show called Told, where he had four storytellers on a theme, and then he would have these interstitial bits, uh, like bridging the stories. And it could be, man, it could be anything. He would just have, like if there was a, he would have like a handwriting analysis expert that would then analyze the handwriting of the storytellers. It was some kind of theme that tied everything together. It was a great show. And uh, uh, he, he had to be out of town. He asked me to host it once so I could curate the whole thing. And what, I, what I've been noticing in burlesque at that time was how the burlesque performers were also telling stories. They were telling a yeah. narrative. There's a definite distinct correlation between storytelling and burlesque. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, except you're not doing it with words. You're doing it with your costume and your music and your body. So I wanted to see what would happen if I put those two together. So I, I had storytellers then followed by burlesque performers doing an act that I thought would kind of comment on the same themes as the story. Right. So it was a really good idea. And it, it was really fun to do. So then I started developing it, and we've been doing it for about four years at this point. And the way it runs now is I take a storyteller and burlesque performer that I think would get along, that their aesthetics are similar. Mm-hmm. And I put them together and I kind of send them away. And <laughs> yeah. like the, with the only instructions... Swim. Yeah, kind of. I mean, the only instructions are really... Paint Picasso. <laughs> like, do tell a difficult story. Right. Do a difficult act. And, like, so you end up... Because I the, the diff- and, and, and difficult in the sense that it's it's vulnerable, very it's, vulnerable. It's it's raw. Uh, raw. It's it's touching on subjects you probably wouldn't normally talk about. These are the stories yeah. that you can't. That's hard to do at a regular show in New York because you don't want to be the only person not telling the funny, you know, right. shit in your pants. Right, 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 right. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So, so I, you know, this way I made a show where everybody was telling the bummer story. So like, then it, it's not a bummer anymore. Then it's mm-hmm. catharsis. So like, sure. so then the 
it frees up the storyteller to be able to tell the truth without having to hide behind jokes in the story. Sure. And it frees up the burlesque performer because they don't have to be sexy or erotic. Mm-hmm. They can just be. And, right. And so a lot of times that's the show where people might, you know, a burlesque performer might do something they've never done before. They'll mm-hmm. do something, for example, like Charles I, Stunning. I did uh, the bear show for the burlesque blitz. Yeah, oh, nice. Just, in yeah, just and, in December. Yeah, just in December. And it, it pushed the boundaries of what I was willing to do on stage. I, I actually, uh, I got completely nude sure. for it because the... The story just it needed it, you know. It wasn't yeah. like, oh, here's everything, you know. It was just like, no, this is everything that needs to happen. It was incredible. It was a beautiful, beautiful burden right. to like take this person's right. story and interpret it with clothing and and music to just like be silent and like this is what happened. It was and it was gorgeous. Like, yeah. I'm getting chills just thinking about. Well, I mean, this. as a, I mean, as a. As an artist, I mean that that, that the, the the idea of just being absolutely free, mm-hmm. just to just experience that emotional state again in a safe space, yeah. you know, on your own terms, just is is terrifying and thrilling yeah. at yeah. the same time. And it's, I've and, and 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 I've I've seen a couple of the, the bear shows, and it's always it's always it's always a beautifully heart wrenching experience. Mm-hmm. And and what what I like, I mean, and what's great about it is that you. Even though the stories are are pretty down, I never felt I never left feeling down. I felt no. feeling very inspired and very hopeful and very um, uh, connected, even. To yeah, everyone. exactly. You know, just just like you know, again, I'm not alone. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the the world's pain is my own pain. My, and, yeah. and my theory behind that is that it, you know the dark things that we have, the, the difficult times in our life are like. It's like a little kid in his bedroom uh, being scared of what he thinks is a monster. And you turn the light on and it's just a bunch of clothes on a chair. Right. right? Mm -hmm. So when you have these stories and you don't do anything with them, they become a monster in the dark. So you tell a story about it, you shine a light on it. And then you see what it really is. And then you start to own it instead of it owning you. Absolutely. it, you get power from that. You get a lot of power by owning your choices and owning the difficult times in your life. And and there's still the, the humor that comes out of that show is is, is really amazing <laughs> yeah. because it's yeah. It, yeah. it's moments of release and yeah. there's a lot of tears and a lot of stuff that makes people very uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. I, I have to usually every time give like a you know a trigger warning before the show <laughs> because there's like every show has some element of you know something that will you know could sure. bring something up difficult for people yeah yeah but it's just I think you know the the whole show is a trigger warning but so we've been <laughs> one just <laughs> one, one 90 minute trigger warning but that's you know yeah. so that show's really good and, and I'm really happy with the way that's developed and, and evolved yeah. and then so I needed another show or something else to work on so that was the show Daddy Issues, yeah. which is uh, the closest thing to like a one-man show. I've done a couple in the past. Yeah. Uh, I had a show years ago called Graphic Vulgar Lunacy, and it was... <laughs> the f- what a great title. Yeah. That's it, incredible. That was from... That was actually from a review I got in college for a sketch comedy show that said, Peter Ware's writing and acting should be commended for its graphic vulgar lunacy. Oh, that's oh, brilliant. That's great. So that's like, a great line. For a long time, it was graphic vulgar lunacy was my email address for a long time. And then 
Uh, even Real. into my professional life until eventually I had to stop right. doing that. You, you need a name on yeah. your Gmail. Yeah. But uh, that was, <laughs> so like that show was like essentially it was a 45 minute show that took place like during a, it was like in a class period and the audience was a class and I was a substitute teacher and I had movies that their teacher ostensibly left for them to watch. There was an assignment. We checked the assignment at the end of the period. It was weird. I would probably do it again sometime. Huh. It was super weird. Uh, and then I did another one called Dark Days, which was based off of a bear idea that was like uh, based off of a period of depression I had in my life. It was like four stories about this depression I went through in my early 20s, uh, spliced with burlesque acts and with... Uh, oh, maybe that's what I saw. That was probably... That's you, what I, I saw. saw that one. Yeah, I was, I, for some reason... So, so your, your new show, Daddy Issues, is that basically... Is that birth from Dark Days? No, this is just... I mean, it touches on... There's one story that, that has an overlap. Okay. Like, the end of Dark Days is part of the of the story of Daddy Issues. The Got Daddy it. Issues show is essentially five separate stories. This is the first time I've done something that's just me without burlesque or yeah. music or uh, interviews being played or any tricks. Yeah. It's just me yeah. talking for about an hour and ten minutes. So it's five stories um, uh, from my life... Uh, that are just really just about me and my dad. Uh, five incidents. So there's one when I was six years old, one when I was 13 years old, uh-huh. one when I was 14, or no, 15. So six, 13, 15, 22, and 36. So and, and it goes chronologically. It goes chronologically. Right. And, and in between there, like, the, the, um, the bumpers in between the stories are, are these lists I made of, like, Things I know about my father, things I've heard about my father. Got it. Things, Got it. you know, that kind of stuff. And that's recorded so that you have a moment to catch your breath. No, that's all. I read it. It's all in the ah. notebook. So, like, ah. it's all, the, it's just me talking. Uh, so, um, it's, yeah, it's, the, and that's just stories. It's not like I'm, it, I hate saying like one man show because then you get this idea that it's like yeah, characters. It's, or, yeah, yeah. It's just me telling stories. That's it. And, uh, you know, it's, it's complicated because, you know, I my relationship with my father is very difficult, and um, we've we've just always had a difficult relationship. And I'm learning more about that through doing the show, yeah, and through going to therapy. I mean, that's <laughs> a big help. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I want to stop you for just a second. Um, yeah. I know you hate the term one man show, yeah. and uh, uh, as I'm writing my own one man show, I actually hate calling it a one man show it's as tough. well. Uh, I mean, so for, what, just for the fact that a it's like it's too gender weird. And yeah, one, that's, also, yeah. It sort of promotes more of a spectacle. Like it's a show. Yeah, Ugh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah but if, I guess for the lack of a better term, it's I mean, a hard solo show. Is a little better, but even that is. I've been just saying. I've just been calling it storytelling. But I guess I, I've been doing that with my show. Yeah, I am. Um, I it's listed as a storytelling. It's it's a magic show with storytelling or storytelling with magic. And even then, it's like no one outside of New York or maybe Los Angeles understands that when I say the word storytelling, they don't... Yeah. Like, they, they envision, like, fairy tales. Yeah. Like, how do you get around that? Yeah. Um, well, the good thing is, in the past couple of years, the moth has exploded. And the moth has become the shorthand to explain that to people. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Uh, like for, so, for the first couple of years, people would say, what do you do? I said, oh, I'm, I tell stories. And they're like, what do you mean? And I was like, well, there's, thing, there's this thing called the moth. And you get up and you just talk about, it's just stories from your life. Right. And they're like, right. oh, okay, I kind of get it. Now people will be like, what do you do? I say, oh, I'm a storyteller. And they'll say, oh, like the moth? So like, <laughs> right. now people yeah, have yeah. more, like the moth just got 
they had a book. They they transcribed oh, yeah. fifty stories, and it just got on the New York Times bestseller list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And like, I just so uh, that's yeah. a that's a sign that like enough people definitely you know mm-hmm. definitely a sign. Uh, it is tough though to explain, but once people see it once, then they get it. It's yeah. hard though. Yeah. Yeah. So I. I yeah. I've seen Peter host a, a moth show, and I think the way you explain what storytelling is to the audience is so simple and so perfect. Um, Good. Where, where you, yeah, it's it's incredible <laughs> where you where you say this is not a something happened to me thing. It's yeah, this is something that. happened, and I did this. Yeah, yeah. You right. know, I love that storytelling sort of lives in that action thing where. Where it goes from this happened, I did this, and it made me this. Totally. Right. Totally. It's, right. 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 It's it's about yeah. It's not about. I would say it's not about like the house fire. It's about you know what did you grab, in the house fire and right. why. That's yeah. what the story is. The story isn't about the thing that happened to you. The story is about what you did in response to that thing that happened to you. Right. Right. It's it, it's the decision you made or the totally. action you took. It's yeah. always about a choice. Rather than the thing that caused it. Yeah. It's always about a choice. Always about a decision. And that's what separates an anecdote from a story. An anecdote is just here's this thing that happened. A story is here's this thing that happened within the context of my life. And that, that's right. what separates those two. Right. Which, uh, I, which I think is why it's it's becoming such a. What's the it's the oldest form of communication. Stories are the oldest form of communication. People have been telling stories since the dawn of time, but it's been and there's also like in in Jonesboro, Tennessee, there's a the uh, storytelling center down there. It's mm-hmm. huge and they do everything. Like there is folk tales, there's some personal narrative, there's family history, that kind of stuff. Wow. Yeah. Um and it's it's worth it to I you know, to, Tennessee. Yeah, down in Tennessee. They do it once a year. Oh, but okay. they also have they have a festival, but they also have resources all the time down there. It's like they call it their storytelling capital. And I met some of the people down there when I was on a tour. And, you know, they, it's, there's, it's, people have been doing this forever. Like they, they, it's, and it's, you know, but it, the, the form is, is changing. And the moth being now, you know, it's on 200 radio stations yeah. around the country yeah. and, and all these and cities. there's a there's a weekly podcast yeah. and, and, and that's downloaded millions of times a millions month. of times it's it's constantly referenced on almost every NPR show that's being produced yeah. um, and you know Radio Lab pulls from it all the time and that only took uh, 15 years to make that happen <laughs> you know what I mean uh, This American Life pulls from it yeah, all the time totally. you know uh, it's 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 becoming quite the cultural phenomenon yeah. and, and I'm very and I'm very lucky that I'm getting on board uh, yeah. at this point um, because you know, it's it's now like I don't have to explain it. I can just say, "Oh, I'm going to the oh. moth," and people know what I'm yeah. talking yeah. about. And then I go, "I'm coming with you." <laughs> <laughs> but as far as I can't, I, you can't really. You don't have to. People aren't going to get it until they see it. Yeah. So like, yeah. I you know you just I, if someone says, "Well, what is that? What is it? What do you what do you do? What is it?" Then I just it's like you got it. You got it. Yeah. You have yeah. To yeah. Or I just yeah. say, or it's, it, Come I to tell the show. stories yeah. from my life. It's first person narrative. Come see. Here's the next one. You know. And yeah. If they don't, then you know they don't. But if they do, uh, they I may do I may need to pick your brain when this show's over and talk about oh, opportunities yeah. for 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 solo straight, shows and things like that. Um, but so. <laughs> <laughs> so you teach so you teach storytelling mm-hmm. you've presented with your wife at a TED talk yeah you've uh, won many uh, moth awards you teach for the moth yeah. you are mm-hmm. on staff in some capacity yeah. there um, you travel the world doing what you do yep. and that's all wonderful 
Can we talk about Neil Gaiman now? Yeah. Sure. Can we just please talk about Neil fucking Gaiman? My buddy. My Neil, buddy. Neil. Motherfucking Gaiman. Neil Gaiman. My buddy and I puked a little. I have, um, I could, I have contact information in my phone. You have Neil Gaiman's. You can text. Can you drug can, text Neil Gaiman? I have drug text. <laughs> like if I, if I'm at a, I did a burlesque show. Oh, my brain's gonna explode. <laughs> I did a burlesque show and uh, there was a performer that was dressed like a character from Sandman. Yeah. And like so, like I took a picture of her and sent it to Neil. Oh God. You know, like it's stuff like that. <laughs> He's, yeah, Neil's my buddy. All right, I need if you. I need you, you to talk about. Send him a picture of my butt. I would totally be <laughs> if you could send him a picture of my team. butt, I would also let you. High five, man. High five. Butts. Um, please tell me the circumstances under which you met him and. And um, if, and if he smells nice, I think he smells nice. <laughs> so, uh, all right, yeah, he smells like tea. Uh, tea. Oh. He smells like tea, and I guess ink. <laughs> That's how exactly appropriate. How yeah. I think he would smell. That's I'm marking a new perfume. Tea, gaming, gaming. So I did. Uh, there, George, who started the Moth, uh, also started this thing a couple years ago called the Unchained Tour, and it yeah. was based down in Savannah. He bought a 40-year-old school bus, had a bunch of hippies. Was this the one that was sponsored by TBS? Mm, no, that was a USA Network. USA, thing sorry. That was doing, yeah, that but was, this, but this is a separate thing. That was, yeah, that was, this is a separate thing. Okay, this was that was that one with the USA Network was an anti-bullying campaign with the Moth and with USA Network called Characters Unite. And I was yeah, working around with that. Talk about benefits. I got uh, VIP passes to a Carly Rae Jepsen concert. So. What? Call me maybe. Ooh. So <laughs> I will call you maybe. So that was ridiculous. But uh, so so George started this thing called the Unchained Tour. Got this old school bus, had a bunch of hippies paint it and retrofit it with couches and stuff sure. inside. Um, and I did three of those tours. And what they were based in the South, and we would do ten shows in ten days in ten cities. And wow! Oh it was damn. a it was a crazy wow. schedule. And the bus Fuck. only went maybe fifty miles an hour. So like. <laughs> We were purposely, it was, a, it was a slow road through the South. Like, so we did a couple of them. There was, there was one of them we did, there was, it was stories and we'd have a band with us. So there'd be like some music and some stories and music and some stories right, and right. just, you know, really nice. And so the second one I did, we call it the Heart Shape Tour. It started in Savannah, went up through South, the western side of South Carolina, up through Tennessee, and then down through North Carolina, South Carolina. So it was like a heart-shaped path we took right. to the South. So that was, uh, there was a, a, some musicians named Rachel Kate Gillen and uh, and uh, Joel T. Hamilton, who goes by Mechanical River. They were the musicians that we had, and they were amazing. Sure. They were based in Charleston, South Carolina. Uh, we had the storytellers on that tour were Edgar Oliver, uh, Don Frazier, myself, and Neil Gaiman. What? So Neil... So uh, he was on tour with you. He yeah. was in the bus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck. Writing. He was ri- actually. What? What was he writing? Sandman. What? <laughs> 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 oh my god! I just, I kind of, I kind of want to kill you so that I can eat your brain and so that I can knowledge. absorb all of your essence and knowledge. Yeah. So, I don't think that's actually how that works. That's right? science. But if you cook it, that's I'll science. eat it too. Fair enough. We'll, we'll, Fair enough. Share. we'll share. So. Yeah, so it was, <laughs> Neil met us on the, we got, we flew down to Savannah, uh, and Neil was going to meet us at the first gig, mm-hmm. and that was, 
in Columbia at an art museum. We did a show in the round. Um, so we, we were running late because the bus broke down. And, Obviously. Uh, we got there. We pulled up. Neil's hotel was, you know, down the street from the, from the venue. He hopped in. And we had to rush. So it was just like, hey, how you doing, Peter? Neil. And then that was it. <laughs> and then, like, we get there, had to change, eat real fast, figure out the tech. So, like, I'm looking at, nobody told us it was going to be in the round. So I came back in. I was like, hey, I was like, hey Neil, uh, it's in the round, just so you know. He's like, all right, no problem. And then, so, like, that's how we met. It was just, it was like, let's get together, let's do a show. Right, and was, get the job yeah. done. There was no need, do for, show. no need for the, the small talk yet. So. Yeah, and so uh, the experience as a whole doing that tour is amazing because over the course of 10 days, the rest of the world disappears, and you're just doing <laughs> yeah. this. Yeah, because like, you're working, you're busy. Yeah, yeah, you're doing the show. Then you're going and crashing at somebody's house. Right. And then you're getting the bus. And then every time you pull to a truck stop, there's just like people, children run by. And like, it's crazy. It's a big, crazy painted bus and there's chandeliers in it and stuff. And like, <laughs> it's so crazy. And like, this bus needs a chandelier. Yeah. And there's like chalkboard things where kids come in and draw pictures. And like, it's, oh. it's pretty amazing. So, like, you know, you're doing this thing. So, like, the, that was. You know, the first night we did the show was great. Neil's a nice guy. You know, everybody did a good a good job. Mm-hmm. But then the second show was in a smaller venue. Uh, and it was another good show. And, and, you know, as by the time the third night came, oh, this is the second day. We pull into the parking lot of the venue in the afternoon. And it's, it's, it's when was it? It was September 2012. And it was, uh, you know, it was sunny. It was beautiful. And like. I hear Neo just go, oh, look at this, and turn around, and he's holding in his hands a dead butterfly. <gasps> and he's like, isn't it beautiful? And I just looked at him, and I was like, the fucking gaming. Like, that's, of course, <laughs> like, that was my first, like, of course he's holding a beautiful dead butterfly, <laughs> all dressed in black, and his hair's a mess. Like, of course. And like then I was like, all right, this guy. Right, know? this fucking guy. Yeah, that was, so it became that. Then it was like, you know, that's what it was. And then, like, after the second show... He came up to me. He was like, you know, Peter, I'm thinking of... Because of, I, on those tours, I try to tell a different story every night. Mm-hmm. Um, and he had, I think, he had one or two stories that he had prepared for it. Mm-hmm. And he was like, I want to I wanna prepare a new story. You know, can you help me with it? Oh. And I was like, sure, man, no problem. You know, and then, so, like, he he would tell it. And then, I, you know, I gave him some notes. And then, like, he went and did the thing. And it was good. You know, it was fine. But we, we started to get... You know, like his, there was, you know, 40% of the people there heard Neil Gaiman was coming to a small town in, in right. South Carolina. So, like, you would get, no offense and to anybody, but it was like the Hot Topic kids all came yeah. to the shows. <laughs> right. So, oh, you, you could definitely tell, like, where, you know, his fans were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, like, they would, I mean. The goth and the emo kids oh, and, and, they, the, and they the, would, the comic book nerds, they yeah. They would go crazy yeah. for him. And, like, because the thing about him is, like, he, for a lot of these kids, in the middle of nowhere, he was the only person that would have a voice that would speak to them. Yeah. He was the, yeah. the, the one yeah. he was, he, and then he gave them the right to speak. So like he, this man is and was, and does represent, you know, a, an escape to a life that they want to live, you know? And, and I respect that totally. Yeah. Um, and he would be, you know, he'd sign autographs and he was gracious to everybody. Oh. And he was really... Wait, so he's a nice guy too? He's oh. super nice. Oh, fuck him. Yeah, he's... He can't be that brilliant and that nice. That can't be... Too, that's too perfect. He's super sweet. So, like, you Damn know, it. we got... We had a good... Th- like, during the week, we got to talk about 
man, we got to talk about all kinds of stuff, and 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 it was what it was. We're just talking about regular, just life. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It wasn't about. I wasn't trying to pitch him anything. And yeah. He wasn't trying to impress me. We were just like, how was how'd you sleep last night? You know what I mean? We talked yeah. about that. Mm-hmm. How was your meal? And then, uh, so so as the as the week went on, there was one night we had the we we were staying in this uh, this little house that was up on top of a mountain and there were a bunch of switchbacks so we had a, a van trailing us with a trailer in the back with all the gear and so when we got up there we couldn't turn around so we had to unhitch the trailer move it turn the van around and rehitch the trailer so we had to unhitch the trailer by hand right so neil is picking this thing up and or trying to help and like it came down on his foot and it ripped his boot and he had these fancy boots that like somebody gave him for his wedding. Oh, Amanda. fuck! So then we went to we, had, we went to some western store and bought him a pair of like cowboy boots. Oh, <laughs> was, so, like, <laughs> so I mean, it was like, but he was he was not setting himself apart. He was just he was yeah. on the bus. He okay. was just doing the thing, and and that was how I would introduce him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would intro him in the show. Be like, you know, our next storyteller. You know who he is already. Uh, but let me tell you, he's just a dude. Like, don't, don't sit there and take pictures with your cell phone. If you want a picture of him, Google him. Someone with a better camera <laughs> will have will have taken a better picture of him. <laughs> just listen to his his story. And like in the end, I mean, what did I say? I said he's he's just a guy that wrote a book about some sand. Just, just, <laughs> no, you just, just relax. Right? And, but that, what it did is like, that set the stage. Yes, of like, it was yeah, just like, yeah. okay. So his stories that he told, there was one about how he got, uh, Cabal, his dog that actually just passed away not right. that long ago. Uh, and, and how he got that dog. He told that story and that, that story kind of also paralleled when he met Amanda. Right. Uh, he told, um, he told this beautiful story. It was like his origin story about the first time he said fuck. And he was a little kid. Nice. And it, it made him realize the power of words. It's like how much he got in trouble. It started with the line of like, you know, I don't have an origin story. Because, you know, comic books. Yeah. You know? And then yeah. he talked about saying the word fuck, discovering how much trouble he got into, and then realizing the power of words. And that's how he became a writer. Right. And right. like it was this cathartic, beautiful amazing thing and and so yeah and there was one other story i can't place it right now but so this, i had we had this moment in probably the you know the ninth show the eighth or ninth show it was in charleston at the music hall and there was you know like a thousand people there and i didn't realize this he explained he comes up to me i introduce him and he comes up to me and he gives me a hug and he goes i made it to friend and i was like what and then after the show we talked about it and what he said was the first couple days, I would introduce him as, ladies and gentlemen, uh, please welcome Neil Gaiman. And then the next couple of days, I was, please welcome my new friend, Neil Gaiman. And then, like, that night, I said, please welcome my friend, Neil Gaiman. And, like, he was so touched by that that, uh, like, he was, uh, like, he hugged me on stage and it was just like, I made it to friend. And, like, it was this amazing, it was just amazing. And then at the end of the tour, my wife flew down. And after the very last show, it was just all this hustle bustle. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We had, there was about a half an hour after the show where we were sitting in the green room. And man, by green room, I mean it was this room upstairs that was under construction. And <laughs> we had like some plywood on some sawhorses. And like, I bought everybody a bottle of whiskey. So we all had whiskey. And 
uh, it was me, my wife Sarah, Neil, and Edgar Oliver. Mm-hmm. There were just the four of us. It was about a half an hour, and nobody bothered us. Mm-hmm. And we just talked about anything but what we were doing in the yeah. last 10 years. Yeah. And it was one of the most beautiful conversations I've ever had. And so, like, I mean, since then, when Neil has stuff going on, you know, he'll call me up. Like, he did his Ocean at the End of the Lane uh, yeah. book release at BAM. Yeah. And he asked me to open for him. Oh, wow. So, like, that was a lot of fun. And, like, the the random people that knew me in the audience were, like, texting me, like, what are you doing on stage? <laughs> like, what, you know? And, and I told that... I, what are you doing up there, Guerra? And I told that story of... Essentially, what I just told you. I just told yeah. the story of how I met Neil. Yeah. And, and, you know, the butterfly. And then I got the... I made it the friend and all that. Sure, you know? sure. And uh, it was really nice. And I got to meet... You know, I got to meet his wife. And, and uh, the two of them are very much in love. And... So, like, every once in mean, when he's in town, he'll give me tickets to whatever show he's doing. Wow. And he's, he's, he's always been, he was real, it was, man, he almost did the last BTK show. <gasps> it was, it was, he had to be in San Francisco, and it was, like, oh. a, a, it was a secret thing that I didn't tell anybody, and it almost happened. Uh, that would have been, yeah. Well, that, that been. obviously means uh, BTK needs to have a reunion show <laughs> and bring your name in. Okay. Um, I will. I will learn how <laughs> to play the accordion. I'm just going to. They already have an accordion. Ah, damn it! <laughs> uh, manifest it. But it, like in the end, man, he's he's a he is a, just a really sweet guy. He has he has this, he like he told me to uh, next time that we're together. That like you know, it's always at some event or after a show when we run into each other. Mm-hmm. That like you know, if I'm having a conversation with somebody, he's like, "Okay, Peter, here's what we're gonna do. I'll come up to you, and I'll start talking to you, and then you say, just say, fuck off, gaming, <laughs> and then I'll walk away all sheepish, and it'll impress whoever you're talking to." <laughs> so he's, he's got a great, he's got a great sense of humor. He's just, he's a really, oh. he's a really nice guy. And I was, and like, what it came down to on that experience, being able to like meet him and be with him and, and all that. Like, it was just seeing how he knows that he's Neil Gaiman in boldface right. capital letters. He right. knows that. Yeah, of course. He knows what that means to people, and he respects that. Like, he, he respects what his work has, has meant for people. Sure. Mm-hmm. And he he appreciates it and respects it. So when, when his fans are there, he'll give them all the time he can give. You know, there's a lot of times where people want too much from sure, him. Sure, sure, obviously. But, but, you know, he is, he's just, he is a, re, he's a genuinely sweet guy who believes in creating things. See, I, I don't think, I don't think I could have done that. If, if I had to introduce Neil Gaiman, I would be fanboying so hard that I would embarrass myself. Yeah. I would, I would be, I would be like a, a, a little puppy who just shits himself because he's so excited. Well, I think I, know? I understand, uh, you know, and I've had moments with him since then, yeah, like that, where just like someone's like, oh, like I can't, believe, you know what I mean? Yeah, I can't believe it. But, but in that context, there was there was no time, right? Right. To, to I guess it was. The, I guess it was, the, it was the perfect way to do it because yeah. you were there to do a job, and was, you need to get the job first yeah, and foremost. The job was number one. Right yeah. yeah, and there was, and that was particularly, like I said, the first night. Where it was just he just jumped in the car like hey how you doing and yeah. then we did the show right you know and and that like there was no time to do that so because of that we got to know each other as Peter and Neil instead of Peter and Neil Gaiman like we right. got to you know and it got to be 
or honestly, Peter Aguero and Neil Gaiman. Yes, yeah. yes, yeah. But we just got yeah, to know each other as so we got to know each other as just two dudes. Uh, and and right. that was that was really it well, was a great experience. I think I think that's a good way to sort of wind down. Cool. Yeah. Um, I know you got some shows coming up, so why don't you tell people where they can find you uh, in February and forward? Definitely uh, in February, come to uh, the Bell House in Brooklyn on the first Monday of the month. Uh, well, no, in you got to look at your uh, handy-dandy pocket computer? Yeah. In February, uh, on this on the 3rd of February, which is the regular first Monday of the month, we're doing a Moss Shop showcase uh-huh. uh, of the best stories in the past six months of the Moss Shop community program. Wonderful. That's going to be at Housing Works. I'm hosting that show. Oh, okay. Great. On the 4th of February, I'm hosting the, the Slam at the Bell House. What's the theme on that one? I'm not sure. Okay. Probably something about poop. Um, <laughs> well, I have just the story for that one. On the 11th of February, I'm doing a show with uh, Johnny Pork Pie at the Crane Theater and Iris Explosion about deconstructing burlesque. Okay. Oh, that sounds oh, fascinating. And on the 15th of February, you can see me hosting Honey Badger Burlesque. In, uh, a That's story. a show I've heard once or yeah. twice. Yeah. That's my show. <gasps> what? Yeah. I'm gonna. Don't worry, internet. So I'm gonna plug it again at the end of the show. <laughs> uh, is that it? There's. I mean, there's more stuff. I'm gonna be uh, like, I got this weird gig in Las Vegas, but I'm not allowed to talk about it yet. All right. Okay. But there's other. There's other stuff. Awesome. But I mean, I'm gonna have a website soon. By the end of February, I'm gonna have my website. I'm actually shocked that you don't have one. Yeah, already, me too. I to just, be honest, I'm 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 a I'm an analog man in a digital world. Yeah, <laughs> it's about time. I actually uh, I met with the I met with a web designer yesterday, and right. by the end of February, it'll be done. Awesome. PeterAguero.com eventually. We'll Look be. for it, internets. Yeah. Uh, well, Peter, thank you so much thank for coming you. out. Oh yeah, thank guys. You so uh, thank you for making the trek out to Astoria. Yeah. To the chaos. House. We we plied you with coffee and lasagna. And lasagna. Nice. Good right job, good. Chuck. Thank you. <laughs> I, for 2014, I'm going to cook more, apparently. There good. you go. It's not a resolution. It's just something that keeps fucking happening. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Peter Grow. Thank, thank you for you, being here. Thank you, Lugo. Thank you, Stunning. Thank you. And once again, we want to thank Peter Aguero for being our guest this month. I loved him so much. Uh, I, I yes. Um, I've known Peter, I guess, going on four years now, yeah. four or five years now, and uh, I, I've i learned so much from him, mm-hmm. and, and, yeah, yeah. and he's... Um, I, I, I'm very, very lucky that I get to count him as a friend and and have him be so inspiring to me. Yeah, basically. That's true. Um, but yeah, let's... Let's yeah. let's get out of here. Let's, let's wrap this up. What are what are you doing, uh, Chuck Stunning? Where people can come see you do stuff. Well, let me grab my planner. That is pages <laughs> because I don't I don't use my phone to plan things. Right, because you're a luddite. Um, I well only when it comes to planning my life because if it's physically written, I'll remember it. If Fair I type enough. it, I'm like a Fair little, enough. What do you got going on? Um, I actually only have. Honey Badger Burlesque. Oh. It's every third Saturday of the month uh-huh. at Rapture Lounge in Astoria. Wonderful. Um, we have one coming up this Saturday, but this will yeah. be out till after that happens. Do you, know, um, do you know what the theme of it is for February? For February, it is Honey Badger's Geek Out, and <gasps> it's Sherry Cola's oh. birthday show. Oh. So we're going we're gonna to celebrate the birth of my co-producer by bringing her all of her nerdy favorite burlesquers. Oh, I like that. It's going to be really fun. And then also, uh, just go to www.afterbirthmonkey.com. You'll sure. learn all the things that we're doing. 
buy our album. Buy the album. Buy my album. The album is so good. Afterbirth Monkey. Man Dies Defecating. A drinking game. I I actually really like your album Mm -hmm. a lot. Uh, Oh, wait. I do remember something. On the 30th of January. Yeah. This will be out before that. Yeah. Uh, After Birth Monkey is doing a 45-minute set at Rapture Lounge. Oh, hey! Yay, I remembered something! Yeah, you did! It wasn't written down. Um, uh, I'm only doing one schedule. I mean, I'm sure my calendar will fill up, um, but I'm only doing one schedule thing in February, (laughs) and that's I'm going to, on February 8th, I'm going to be in D.C. with a show. I don't know what show that is, um, but it's... (laughs) Vague it up a little there, Lulu. Yeah, it's going to. There's going to be a show in DC. Um, I, yes. I haven't decided if it's going to be a, like a burlesque show or a all magic show or a combination of the two. I don't know yet. I haven't decided yet. Well, if it's but, a burlesque show, <laughs> you heard it here first, Internet. I'm uh, begging for work. Uh, we shall see. Ooh. We shall see. But that's it. That's pretty much it. Or if you need music. Mm-hmm. Um, but this week, because Schaefer's not here, and um, I feel like when the Schaefer's away, the Nelson will play, um, and because Schaefer hates contests, <laughs> We're we have, have a listener contest! Alright, ladies and gentlemen of the internet, boys and girls, boys and girls uh, ladies and gentlemen, gentlemen, all, ladies, all, and lady gentlemen. All 11 of you. All 11 of you. We have, I have in my hand right now, a BTK band CD. Mm-hmm. This was before they started doing all of their crazy, crazy shows, and so this is like the proto version of the BTK band. I also have in my hand an afterbirth, an afterbirth monkey CD. Man, so I have two CDs for winning. All you have to do is write an email to epicpodcast at gmail.com, and I want you to finish this Mad Lips sentence. Pete and Neil go to blank, and they saw blank. That's right. One more time. The sentence you need to fill in is... Pete and Neil go to blank, and they saw blank. Go ahead and email your answers uh, to epicpodcast at gmail.com. Also, feel free to write us uh, love mail, hate mail, send us links to porn, whatever, oh, whatever. whatever you want. You know, whatever uh, you want. possible... Possible, possible <laughs> gigs. I don't know. Possible gigs? Yeah, you can hire us. Yeah, We're, hire us through that. Hire us to do things. Why not? Uh, I like money. Chuck, I want to say this has been an absolute pleasure. Oh, Luca, uh, I love being your on podcast. a podcast. Yeah. Um, Thank you so we, much for filling in. To be in. honest, I have a confession to make about this contest. What's up? I really hope Seymour Drew wins. <laughs> I think maybe Seymour Drew can't win because and she always wins. wins, and it may seem like we're uh, favoritism. Yeah. Well, I hope she wins anyway. Oh. Seymour Drew wins in our hearts. Find me on Facebook. Let's be like internet buddies. Wow. Charles Stunning, find it. Wow. I want to be your friend. And with the ringing of the bell, that has been, ladies and gentlemen, this has been the Epic Podcast, episode 17. I have been your host, Nelson Lugo. And I have been your other host, not Schaefer the Dark Lord, Charles Stunning. Be safe, Internet. Bye! Thanks for listening to the Epic Podcast. 
As listener-supported entertainment, we rely on you to keep this and other shows on the Nerdy Show Network alive by telling a friend, rating and reviewing us on iTunes, shopping at nerdyshow.com store, or directly donating to the network. Any sized contribution gets you exclusive Nerdy Show audio and images and lets you participate in our monthly support drives. Just go to nerdyshow.com support to chip in. To find out how you or your company can underwrite this or other Nerdy Show programming, visit nerdyshow.com sponsorships. For more episodes of the Epic Piecast, as well as other fine programs, community forums, videos, articles, and more, head over to nerdyshow.com. You can subscribe to all Nerdy Show Network podcasts via the iTunes Store. And for the latest news, follow us on all your favorite social networks. We're glad to be your home for authentic nerdy entertainment. Guys, good morning. Good morning. Uh, this actually, this actually, this lasagna is really good. Yeah, I, re- I like it a lot. I that might be the first lasagna I've ever made. Really? Yeah. It it's is. Very tasty. I think you'd remember if it were your first. It's very very tasty. It is my first. Okay. If I, if, I, just, I, I I like to qualify my whole life by going kind of might be maybe <laughs> may, never may commit I make, to anything. May, yes. May may I make a, a small suggestion? Yes. Um, a little more cheese. Yeah. Other I'm, than that, it's, it's wonderful. Did you use all the cheese? I used all the mozzarella. Yeah, I, but other than I, that, the, uh, the sauce is really tasty. Money for cheese is... Money for cheese. <laughs> it's hard. <laughs> Can't afford fucking cheese. It's a Money luxury. for cheese. That's, that's the name of my uh, autobiography. Money, Money for, for cheese, cheese, the Nelson Lugo story. Shaper will hate so much. It'll be like, it's going to attract mice. It's going to... Oh, yeah. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.